Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Deal Property Podcast. Today I'm joined by a, a very influential property man, um, one of the finest man buns I've seen uh, east of the New South Wales and Queensland borders. Pete Wardrop, mate, welcome to the uh, the Real Deal. Cheers. I'm not taking any fashion advice from you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> mate, um, we're obviously just chatting uh, pre-show and, and you're actually in the UK at the moment. Mid-COVID. Yeah, look, it's a very long story. I've been in Noosa, actually, since um, January. So, uh, been pretty good up there. There was a cluster really early on back in February and then nothing really for four months or so. So, that's been a good part of the world. Yeah, for it's a very convoluted story. But anyway, as you said, I had to come over to Europe, which means uh, 14 days of self-isolation. So, a good time to do a podcast. <laughs> very good time, mate. It's always a good time to chat. Um, so, look, I think today what I really wanted to cover off is there's obviously a lot of talk in the media around property and what's going to happen in the future. And, and um, you know, there's the talks now of the second wave. And I'm obviously talking to a, a lot of buyers on a daily basis. And some of them are starting to get cold feet now because there's so much uncertainty in the future. So I just wanted to get your take on what is happening now. And I think you know, what, what sort of moves you're making and how you're feeling about everything? Because you've obviously got money, a lot of money invested into property and then you've also got a lot of money invested in shares. So you've got your uh, hand in, in both pies. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's an interesting one for the stock market because um, I don't think we've really seen yet um, the full implications of the shutdowns around the world and around the country being reflected in company earnings. So I think... Um, Obviously, stocks are off their highs in Australia, down from uh, their peaks around uh, sort of February uh, time. We saw a big correction. But yeah, I still think there's a bit to play out in that regard. Property has been a bit different. Um, I'm sure you guys are finding there's very little stock on the market because um, with mortgage holidays and the, the massive JobKeeper stimulus, there's just very few forced sellers at the moment. So most people are sitting it out. Um, and that's basically underpinned prices because there's very little stock on the market. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, people just uh, sitting on their hands a little bit. But um, I would say price declines in property, there has been a little bit. Um, but generally speaking, in the owner-occupier markets, things have held up pretty well. And it's pretty challenging, actually, to buy just because there's not much out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have to agree. So, um, I mean... I think the yeah the biggest thing, like you said, is is there is nothing actually to buy, and if there's nothing to buy, um, generally that creates a lot of demand for the stuff there is. And property prices, I'm seeing in the suburbs that we're buying in, in the inner ring of Sydney, are probably going up. To be honest, from from where they were mid COVID, you know, I think they're almost back to, to pre COVID levels, and that's obviously due to to such the low stock environment. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I mean. Uh, you would have a better handle than me on um, Sydney more broadly. Uh, but I, I do keep track of certain suburbs. And I think uh, certainly at the lower end of the market, um, the first home buyers incentives have, have really underpinned the market there. Um, but even as you go further up um, towards the sort of mid ones kind of price range, I mean, I haven't really seen much in the way of declines at all, really, because uh, exactly as you said, um, there's just very little stock. Um, and the good stock, there is a lot of competition for it. And there's very few forced sellers. We've seen uh, five interest rate cuts. Um, so 
And the Reserve Bank has essentially said interest rates will be stuck where they are for several years until we start seeing progress towards full employment. Um, so, yeah, that's really kind of um, stemmed any decline in in the main owner-occupier markets. I suspect uh, uh, certainly in Brisbane, the, the markets that are really hurting is mainly retail property. And I, I would think some of those CBD apartment markets are struggling simply because uh, Airbnb rentals, uh, there's no freedom of movement for a lot of international travellers and also a lot of international students are stuck overseas. So I think those are the markets where there's a bit of pain uh, because if you've got a student rental or an Airbnb let, um, a lot of those have been untenanted for a period of time. So that should bring down rents in that area. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How are you seeing things, let's just say post-COVID? There's obviously so much talk at the moment around the job seeker and, and the mortgage repayment holidays and when they come to an end, what actually happens. Um, so how, how are you seeing all that play out? Obviously, you've been in the market now for a very long time and you've seen your fair share of, uh, of ups and downs. Yeah, I think uh, there was a, originally some kind of a concern that we come to September, the JobKeeper rolls off, the mortgage repayment holidays end, and we have this kind of fiscal cliff. Um, but one of the things you see in economics is when, when everybody knows about a risk like that, suddenly everyone starts talking about it and then it no longer uh, becomes the risk that people thought it was. So um, the job keeper will be extended out, I suspect. Um, so the Treasurer will do um, a statement on July 23, an economic statement. Um, I don't know for sure what the terms of the, um, the extension will be. Maybe it will focus on the hardest hit industries and sectors um, or you know they're, they're splashing more cash around now uh, for some cohorts like retirees and stuff so I think um, you remember there was the accounting error when they collected the data incorrectly and it was originally uh, thought that the the job keeper would be about 60 billion larger than it's proven to be um, so, I mean, that's the equivalent of finding $60 billion down the back of the sofa. So my guess is they will use that $60 billion in hand to just extend the JobKeeper out into next year. The mortgage repayment holiday is a bit the same. I think banks will encourage people to start making repayments where they can. But if there are stressed borrowers, there's very little incentive uh, to, to send those uh, borrowers to the wall. And what banks will do is probably extend the mortgage payment holidays all the way out until beyond Australia Day weekend next year, just to get us through that black hole period over Christmas. And the regulators have come to the party on that, in, in that regard. So banks won't have to treat those loans uh, for capital adequacy purposes as non-performing. So in other words, the banks can use their capital buffers to absorb that shock through until next year. So I guess overall, that will just help to smooth things out until the economy can open up properly again. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of when this does come to an end, because obviously one day it will come to an end and life will, will normalise, where are you seeing the majority of the pain to be? Is it going to be in the blue chip markets or is it going to be in the, the lower, lower socioeconomic areas? How are you seeing that play out? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think if you look at uh, the, the most up-to-date payroll surveys, um, the parts of the economy where jobs have really been hit uh, been things like tourism, uh, but also particularly a lot of casual roles, hospitality, things like that. So a lot of those 
employees are typically renters rather than owners. Um, uh, but I mean, one of the things that's been really interesting to see, if you, if you look at the sheer size of the stimulus, it's actually um, arguably more than enough to offset uh, the wages decline from uh, job losses. And there's a huge chunk of uh, the economy where people have actually not been impacted in terms of their income. Uh, some people have actually seen their incomes go up. So, um, and the other thing that's quite interesting, um, if you look at um, things like luxury car sales, uh, the, the sales of Mercedes, and you, you would know this being a white shoe boy in the eastern suburbs, uh, uh, <laughs> luxury uh, car sales So for, for Mercedes, it's an all-time high last month. So there's a lot of people who would normally spend their money uh, sort of going on skiing holidays in Japan and they've been denied that opportunity. Um, so there's an awful lot of cash just sitting there on the sidelines and uh, you know where's that going to go? Well basically I would say coastal housing, coastal uh, luxury premium properties and also just capital city property. So um, I think you know, we need. there's going to be a lot of pain uh, for some parts of the economy and I expect unemployment will be uh, closer to 10% than 5% by the time all this washes through. But I still think, um, you know, there's a lot of wealth out there and um, Australian property is just a way that people pass down wealth uh, in Australia intergenerationally. So uh, I think people will be surprised over the next three years how um, some of the premium markets actually perform and probably yeah. quite strong. Yeah, and I tend to agree. I mean, like I was saying at the start, the, the areas that we work in, there is such low stock and such massive buyer demand that it's it's almost impossible for these property prices to fall because the amount of properties that are for sale, there's two, three, four, five buyers. And and then when that property sells, they're looking for the next one. And I think, you know, just the sentiment shift from 12 weeks ago when all of this or 13 weeks ago, when all of this happened to when the restrictions eased up to now has been crazy. And I think, the more and more good news we get, you know, regardless if we get this second wave or not, the more and more good news and the more and more we, we normalise, I think the more people forget about it and go on with their daily lives and, and, and generally the daily lives of Australians incorporates property, right? Yeah, I think the, that, that's probably the biggest unknown is um, if the, the second wave in Victoria, if there's any kind of replication in New South Wales or Queensland, that could have a knock-on impact to... Uh, business confidence and consumer confidence but um, assuming uh, the economy reopens uh, back towards some kind of normal then uh, you'll generally see consumer confidence rising and the um, the sort of desire to buy a dwelling will will follow that um, I think as well I mean the Reserve Bank has um, got on the front foot here so they um, introduced what they call yield curve control so targeting the three-year bond yield in Australia at 0.25%. So that's a, that's a key funding benchmark, as you know. Uh, so for, for you and me, what does it mean? Well, three-year fixed mortgage rates probably available from, what, about 2.09% or something. I mean, these are mortgage rates that we couldn't have even dreamt of in sort of 2006, 7, 8. Um, so yes, there's a period of uncertainty at the moment, but um, you know, interest rates are going to be at levels that we couldn't have even conceived a decade ago. So, uh, and uh, as you know, interest rates kind of act like gravity for property prices in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Talk to us about 
protection and, and what you did or, or how you thought when all of this started to come to fruition? Obviously, there would have been a point where you thought this is not really affecting us. It's in China. And then, you know, one day it actually become real in Australia. And I think to say that there wasn't some level of fear in everyone to how serious this would get, I think would be um, naive. But what, what did you think and what did you do when all of this come to fruition and you thought, you know, how long is this going to last? Yeah, so in, in two different things, really. So there's pr- the property market and then there's, and then there's stock. So uh, in uh, real estate, it's really, you know, uh, there's different ways to do it. I've never really sold a property. I often think about it, but uh, my wife is adamant you just buy well-located land and never sell it. So from that point of view, there's not much change. And in fact, uh, we're, we're currently pre-approved uh, to buy a place in London. So that's what we're looking at doing, uh, just looking at opportunities. I think in real estate, it's just always important to manage your cash flows and keep the buffers in place. But other than that, not really much change uh, for us. In stocks, um, I was mostly in cash last year. Uh, so, you know, in, real, in the stock market, I generally try to focus on statistics over stories. And the statistics have been saying for quite some time really that us stocks are very fully priced uh, so i was largely in cash in late 2019 so i missed most of the downturn which was good uh, but i suppose full disclosure i didn't catch the the rebound as nicely as i would have liked to um i guess uh, there was a huge uh, stimulus package put in place by the federal reserve in the us and that's just seen stock markets ripping higher again which i haven't fully captured so it was good missing the downside, but I haven't quite uh, timed the rebound as nicely as I might have. Right. Okay. So there wasn't really, I mean, from your perspective and what it sounds like, there wasn't really a, a big, um, I guess, fear in what's going to happen. Am I going to lose all my money? Are my property's going to be worth nothing? Should I sell? It was just another day in the life of uh, Mr. Wardian and, and it's taking things as they come, huh? Yeah, look, I, I don't uh, generally worry too much about property. I mean, it, it, we we started out in Britain years ago and there were always the stories uh, doing the rounds like academic and university economists uh, saying, you know, London house prices will have to revert to three times income, you know, and it, that, I mean, those stories have been around for decades. And yeah. I guess if you just take a longer term horizon, um, then you, you just try to look through that noise. You know, there'll always be, you know, every year there's there's risks and, uh, you know, stories about impending doom. But yeah, you, as you know, you don't buy the property market, you buy in specific suburbs. So in Sydney, you know, our places are in Bondi, Darling Harbour, Erskineville, you know, those kind of areas. And we just tend to take a, a sort of 20 or 30 year view. And I don't worry too much about, what happens day to day or month to month because there that, will always be risks. Right. Okay. And you just mentioned um, you're potentially looking at something in London while you're over there because you are pre-approved in terms of the London market or, or where you guys are actually looking, what, what's, what's the hit been like over there? Have they been affected in a, in a large way? Uh, yeah. So it's a bit too speed. So the, certainly the market has come off uh, even from a couple of years ago, um, London market, especially Prime Central, is largely driven by uh, foreign capital. You know, it's almost like a, a big hotel, London, sometimes with the, all the comings and goings of foreign buyers. Um, so certainly that part of the market has slowed. Uh, the 
the Chancellor in the UK has introduced a stamp duty holiday for all properties under £500,000. So I think that end of the market is, is uh, going to be cushioned by that. Uh, so it's basically zero stamp duty now, up to half a million. So, um, and and they've had zero rates in Britain now for essentially a dozen years. So, yeah, mortgage rates are, are very very low. So, you know, it's pretty easy to find positively geared property in London, um, just right. simply as a function of very low mortgage rates. Uh, but yeah, certainly, um, you know, more so than in say Sydney or or Brisbane, there's been a big impact from the shutdown because, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been, what, 44,000 deaths in Britain. It's been quite serious compared to Australia. Yeah, right. And what are you actually looking for in terms of opportunities over there? What's what's trying to, I guess, what are you trying to catch while you are over there? Uh, well, basically, it's a strategic purchase. We've got a property in a place called Croydon and just a block of four in a, it's an old Victorian um uh, mansion block uh, we, we already have a property and another one came up for sale which would give us control of the the body corporate so uh, we figured um, you know they don't sell very often in that block so uh, it, we thought we'd need to find a way to purchase it so I guess the, the basic idea is buy renovate put in a new kitchen and bathroom and so on put it on the rental market and off we go um, yeah because you, you don't want to take advantage of forced sellers but on the other hand, you know, that is actually helping liquidity and helping people to liquidate some profits. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, hopefully a win-win outcome there. Definitely, mate. Definitely. So, so what's on the horizon for, uh, for Pete Wardrum before we wrap up? What are you uh, looking at doing to towards the end of the year and, and into 2021? Is much changing or are you still just going to be walking along the beach, playing golf? Are you really enjoying the good life of uh, semi-retirement? Uh, you shouldn't believe everything you read on Instagram and uh, Facebook. I, uh, I've got two very uh, hard work children to look after. But uh, yeah, so a couple of things. We, um, we still do uh, buyer's agency work. So we're actually um, on the 1st of August, we're rolling out a new service um, to try and catch the wave of first home buyers. Um, so a little bit different to what you guys do and a different end of the market, really. But um the government, I think, will put in place a lot of stimulus for first-time buyers over the next couple of years. So yeah. we're, we're offering a more affordable service for uh, first-time buyers. So that's something a bit different. And we still do our um, coaching programs as well, which I always enjoy, uh, just coaching people, financial coaching and business coaching and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's always plenty to keep busy with. And, uh, yeah, yeah but a little bit of golf as well, obviously. <laughs> beautiful mate well i think um you know a lot of the listeners for this show would be first home buyers so there's probably a lot of people that'll find a lot of value in that so will that be launching on your website or we you find it on the socials where where will uh where will they find that information yeah well um well uh, my my blog page is just pete wargent's blog spots uh, but we'll put out a media release at the time um because i think it's um you know it's quite a challenge for first home buyers because you know by definition they've never bought property before and, you know, I think these days, even a home buyer, you really need to think like an investor because, you know, sometime down the track, you're going to want to trade up. Um, so, yeah, we're just uh, putting in place a much more affordable service to help people buy well and um, avoid some of those pitfalls. Because, yeah, I think back to when I bought my first property, I had no idea what I was doing. It was just uh, sort of learn as you go sort of stuff. So, uh, 
yeah, just trying to guide people through that process, but at a much more affordable price point. Yeah, I love it, mate. Well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking, mate. It's been a little while between beers and obviously you only drink Coca-Cola. So <laughs> when the borders open back up, mate, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to catch up and have one, I think. Yeah, get back to the Brunswick Hotel. Yeah, one day you'll have kids like me and you'll understand why. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Go and, uh, go and enjoy the, uh, I guess, the, the fun you can have in London while you're there. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Speak soon.